Hi, my name's John Kasher and welcome to Cash Talk, where there'll be no boundaries and a lot of straight talk. All things money, business, and just everyday stuff. Hey guys, before we get started, just a quick reminder that all the information in this podcast is of a general nature and not tailored to your personal circumstances. So please seek personal financial advice before acting on this information. Hey everyone, and welcome to another Friday Finance on Cash Talk. And once again, I'm joined by Mason Thorne. Mason, how are you, mate? Oh, John, yeah, going well, thank you, going well. It seems like these Friday finances keep coming around a bit too quickly. Yeah, they do, they do. It's life's getting life's getting faster and faster. Obviously, we're trying to do whatever we can to slow it down. But um, you know, these are these are exciting. I like really going to uh, focusing on on Friday finance and and today's one, which maybe a little bit uh, interesting for most because the topic today is a financial plan for today means shit for tomorrow. Um, and uh, what we really want to kind of flesh out is what that means and explain to you why it's so important to understand that as well too. So Mason, obviously a lot of people come to us to look at getting a financial plan, but what does a financial plan just for today mean kind of nothing for tomorrow? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It's sort of like what, we, what we're saying here is almost blasphemous. Like yeah. financial advisors do financial plans, but and we're saying it doesn't mean anything for tomorrow. What we, I think what we mean by this is that because life is constantly changing, having it, just seeing a financial plan for now and, and just sticking with that plan, it gets outdated very quickly. I mean, tomorrow, may, maybe not tomorrow, but you know, like it does become outdated quite quickly because life changes so rapidly. Our goals change. Mm-hmm. circumstances change, jobs change, income changes. There's so many different variables that change that the constant adaptation of the plan is necessary. Yeah, 100%. And it evolves. It evolves. And if we think about, you know, if we think about life only six months ago, if you want to kind of use that and think about how much has changed in the last six months, policy changes, you know, lending environments, economic conditions, the, the world is always changing. And that world around you is it needs to be updated, needs to be changed, needs to be rejigged. Um, a plan is a static plan, okay? But what we need to do is make that alive. And to emphasize this a little bit more, I want you as a listener or as a viewer to just take a moment to think about your life back in 2012. So th- take a moment to think about your life 10 years ago, what you were doing, what life was like. Just take a moment. So you got it? Okay. What you were doing, where you were at? Now think about in that last 10 years, how much has changed in your life? Okay. It's pretty amazing to think about how much has changed in your life in the last 10 years. And it would be naive for us not to think that it's going to change as much as it is in the next 10 years. And I constantly say to people that we're we're designed to be like this. We're designed to think that, we're not going to have that much change, but a lot of change happens, okay? And so what we need to do is make sure that we not only have a game plan for today, but when we're building our plans, we've got a game plan to adjust for all of these life's uncertainties that are ahead of us. And to think about it, you look in 10 years in advance and you might think and say, okay, oh, yeah, but nothing's going to happen that much as it's had in the last 10 years. It's naive to think like that. 
As humans, we're designed to not anticipate that amount of change, okay? Or else we'd lock ourselves in our room and not let ourselves out, okay? Just think about the last couple of years in regards to pandemics and stuff. I can assure you, three, four years ago, if I was mentioning that, no one would have even thought that's going to happen. So we need to be making sure our plans are real, okay? They're alive and they're able to be adjusted. And Mason, you know, for us in professionals who, who do this every day, what do we do to, to combat these life's uncertainties and make sure that a plan is not just good for today, but it can mean something for, for your tomorrow. Yeah, I think I think for us, John, it revolves around the constant communication with clients. It's around what's what's happening, what's changing. I know, I know for us in our business, John, we, we speak to clients very, very regularly. I mean, okay. at least every three months, because we know things change. And when we have these meetings, it's never, oh, nothing's changed. There's always something that's changed, always. And something's a big thing and something's just a tiny thing. But even the tiny things compound to big things and just making sure that's all right, making sure the, the plan is still going according to plan. So I know, John, you like to say life's a squiggly line. Yeah. These plans, they're aiming, we aim for a point, straightforward. Unfortunately, life's not like that. But basically, we're trying to make sure the range of outcomes is smaller and so if we if we need to pivot we can pivot and we pivot in a timely manner not when it's too late or years down the track and it's like oh i wish i did that earlier we try to avoid those moments we, we really want to avoid oh, i wish i did that earlier or i wish i'd known this sooner that's why constant communication is so key um i know there's some, some some people come to us john they say oh, i want to find a plan i just want a one-off thing take it go implement it myself Mm-hmm. And there's some advisors who do this. Mm. I personally believe, I think you're in the same boat, John. I think that's a disservice. Yeah. There's one thing I know is as soon as that person walks out the door with that plan, there's only one guarantee that that plan's wrong. The plan's going yeah. it's, to, it's wrong. It's, yeah. The projection's going to be wrong. There's going to be something that's different. And the longer term the plan is, the more wrong it's going to be. So that, for me, it's a bit, it's a bit of a disservice, John. Yeah, it, it is. And I think, I think the biggest one is that when we're planning, you're planning for your future. Like regardless of what plan you've got, like you're planning to build a house, that plan is in the future. You're planning to go on a trip with your kids, you're planning in the future. So really a plan is a, a future state, okay? So to ensure that you've got the highest probability of that future state happening, you need to build a plan, yes, of the things that you need to change today, which is the legal thing of a financial plan or a statement of advice, or if you're personally doing it, your game plan of what you need to change now. But then what's the game plan and the plan for six months from now, nine months from now, 12 months from now, 24 months of now to make sure that that plan comes to fruition? You've got to create outcomes to create the highest probability of those happening. And if you think about this, Many people still go see, say, dietitians to go get a diet plan, okay? Or they go see PTs to go get a fitness plan, for example. Okay, well, let's say you grab that plan from that from that person and that person, you know, the dietitian or the PT might have the greatest plan for you, okay? But how many people then stick to that plan, have that level of consistency to ensure that that plan is is is, is kept consistent? But not only that, you're working on a journey to get to somewhere. So there's adjustments that need to happen along the way. All the dietitians I've spoken to and the personal trainers go, the, the plan that I gave them six months ago needs to be updated. You know, if they're in the fitness game, they might need to introduce new exercises. They might need to lift more. 
um, if they're in the dietitian, well, they might need to add some calories here or they need to adjust their diet. This is the exact same thing that happens when we are talking about your finances. Not just the things that you can control and what you can adjust, but also what is, what is changing around you, okay? When it comes to the world of finance, it's moving around you. You know, the economy, the tax, the laws, all of these things are happening. We need to be able to adjust. So we need to be very mindful that a plan for today is, 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 is yes, the, the urgent needs that need to be attended to, but also what needs to happen in the future to make that come to life, okay? And obviously, Mason, a lot of that also comes into a lot of the behavior talk that we're talking about, the accountability as well too, um, that comes in this. So when I see a financial plan, I don't see it as a get, get an easy fix scenario. It is about getting a financial plan to put you on the right course, okay, and then having a program to keep you on course of making that happen. Yes, well on. The, because I don't know who said it. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like Carl Richards or something along yeah. someone in, in that elk. He said the plan the plan is worthless without implementation. And it's so true. You can have the best fitness plan, as you mentioned, the, the best any plan to do in, the best business plan. But if you don't put in the steps and you don't action the plan, it's just at the end, it's just a fancy doorstop or a really expensive doorstop. It's just a big bunch of pages that do nothing for you. So actually putting the plan into place and having someone there to put these things into place is key. Some people are really good at doing these things themselves and being motivated, key motivated, but I'd say 95% of people are not. Yeah. We all know it's key to be healthy, but what we're seeing in the, in, the, in the domain at the moment is most people are overweight and obese. Why is this? Because it's hard. It's hard to keep these things happening. Like it's, it's not easy. Like it, the idea is easy, but the actual doing it is so difficult. And this is this applies to everyone. Like, John, I know yourself. I know, like, you ask me for my opinion. I ask you for your for your opinion on different things because we're not perfect either. Like, we need help with certain things. Like, and we can't see. Sometimes you've got your blinders on when it's your own circumstances. Mm-hmm. Having a third person come across and say, oh, maybe you could tweak this or tweak that. So, oh, I actually didn't think of that. That's great. And mm-hmm. It's 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 so key. I, I'm really passionate about the ongoing service because that's where the value is. Yeah, and, and that's it. And it's, it's it's about the coaching and the program. And I think the, the 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 belief is that you get a financial plan, and that plan is going to solve all your problems. Okay, but the actual magic happens in the ongoing coaching and advisory program because that's where it comes to life. Okay, and. For people out there that are doing this on their own, how many times do you check in on your on your plan? How many times do you adjust it, level up, change things in your cash flow, change things in your investment strategy, continually try to push yourself? Well, I know when it comes to fitness, for example, um, if I go to gym on my own, I'm going to be honest with you, I probably don't push myself hard enough. Yeah, but I'm sure that even if I went with a with a training partner. I push myself a little bit harder. If I went with myself with a professional personal trainer, I'd push myself even more. And that is the same thing when it comes to finances. So for you, you've got to look at it. Are you honestly pushing yourself hard enough? And the problem is, is time is against you. Like your health, so is it with your money. The longer you let it go for, well, what's exactly going to happen? Yeah. Now, Mason, what about the people that also think that 
financial plans are, 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 are too costly. I can't afford them. Yeah, which is a, a, another big one that people have. They're like, oh, either the financial plan costs too much or I also can't pay for the ongoing coaching and advisory. You know, I, so it, it goes back to like that, it costs too much. Obviously, I've got my views on this, but I want you to he- hear it, hear yours. Yeah, it's, it is a very common common, common theme. It's And it's in the papers all the time too. Like, financial life is too costly, all these things. But is it really? Like, for me, it's your whole financial future. Like, if, if you can spend whatever it is now, every advice is different, but let's say a few thousand dollars for a financial plan. And that's, set, and that's starting to set you up for a very successful financial future. Mm-hmm. It's more than going to pay for itself. It's one, of, it's one of the very few services that actually pays for itself. If, you're, if your outcomes are better than what you'll get on your own, you're already ahead. Mm. I, I, I actually really don't, I don't really get it. I don't, I, yeah. I, I know it seems like that it's, it's an expensive thing, but you're going to be so much further ahead. And it, the stats speak for themselves. Advise clients achieve better things financially. Like, yeah, well, the advice, the, the advice, the value of advice report uh, quantifies this and, and says that a person's net worth is about 5.2% better off by being with an advisor um, than not being with an advisor. And I think it's the thing is also understanding what's actually being done. And I think number one is that it's not just about appropriate asset allocation, okay? There's a big element of it is around behavioral coaching and education, okay? The next one I would say is also about cash optimization, making sure cash is being utilized correctly. Um, you know, understanding around tax minimization and tax effective investment. You know, we don't want to be making any extra donations to the ATO if we don't need to. Okay. And also be making sure that they understand around other aspects in your life. Think about things like estate planning, making sure your assets are kept inside, you know, in your family and not being passed on to someone that you want, might not want to and also being passed in the most tax effective way. And, you know, making sure you're protecting. I, I, I say to people, there's about 45 different risks that need to be managed across a person's life stage. So, you know, making sure that they're being managed along the way. The value is, is huge. And yes, the financial plan initially puts you on that pathway and realigns your pathway from going down one section to the other. But in life, we always tend to veer off. Yeah, something happens, it becomes too hard. I don't forget to do that. I've got a pay increase, I've got a pay decrease. All of these changes that are happening around you, well, then we need to make sure you're staying on course. Yeah, make sure you've got high levels of organization in regards to your finances. It doesn't just look like a pile of crap and you don't know where things are at. You know, really making sure there's there's accountability. You know, you said you want to achieve this, make sure we're keeping on achieving it. You say you're going to do something, do it. You know, that annoying gym partner that's rocking up at 6 a.m. in the morning, making sure... You know, you go into the gym. Same as same as in this scenario. This financial plan needs to incorporate not just the plan, but the execution on that, and then the accountability around that, and then also making sure that things are like objective based. We're not just doing things for the sake of earning money because that's an easy way to kind of fall away. Always being laser focused. You know, I was meeting with a client yesterday, and they're going on a little bit of hard times, and they're doing a dollar cost averaging strategy, so they're regular investing at the moment. You know, cash rates gone up, interest rates have gone up on their mortgages. They're finding it a little bit tight. Now, I'll show you what objectivity means. We're putting a monthly amount for their children's future. Guess was the one, what? Guess what the one notion that got non-negotiable was of adjusting of their whole plan. 
their children's future. Yeah. And that is what we're talking about objectivity, knowing exactly and being laser focused on what we need to achieve. Come hell to high water, it will continue to happen. And that's what you want. You want that level of objectivity to continue to happen, but also being proactive. So we've talked about in this conversation, even around life's uncertainties being a squiggly line. Yeah, life's a squiggly line, not a straight one. Well, as you're starting to veer off, yeah, we need to be proactive. And as things are changing around you, laws, tax changes, policies, and lending environments, making sure you're staying on course to get to where you need to get to. Okay. Now, the other one as well, too, is education is key. Yeah. And Mason, a big, big thing about what people don't see, yeah, is the sheer level of education. Obviously, we do a lot here in regards to Friday Finance and on other podcasts and other streams. So, but obviously, for clients, it's a big thing about what we do, isn't it? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. The more you know, the more you realize you don't know. I think that's, and there's value in that as well. So, you know, I don't know this. I'm going to pay someone to tell me how to do it. Uh-huh. And this applies to so many areas of life. For example, um, I was doing a triathlon at the start of this year. I couldn't swim. That's a big problem. Big problem on a triathlon. I had to swim yeah. 1.5 days and I couldn't swim 25 meters. I couldn't oh, do wow. it. I couldn't, I couldn't get the breathing right. Uh-huh. So I hired a coach from for months and months. I was going there. Yes, it was, it was expensive. But I was determined, I'm, I'm doing this. So no matter what, like I'm going to drown, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And you, you get better. You get better and you get better and you get better. And then yeah. I got the result. And how good does it feel when you get that result? Yeah. It happens to all areas of life. I don't, Roger Federer actually retired today, which is, yeah. he's just Sad. played so well forever. Um, yeah, it's so sad. He, he's such a he was such a, a graceful person on the on the tennis court. But um, yeah. you know, I'm glad glad to watch him. But yeah, yeah, best player probably in history. Mm. He was coached. Yeah, accountability. Someone it's just that third party looking in. Oh, you probably do that stroke a little bit better. Thank you for that. Mm. Like he's one of the best graceful backhands I've ever seen. Mm. But he, he's constantly improving. That's why he could last for so long. It's just, it's, it's these things we, we need to, it's a, it's a bit of a mindset shift, mindset shift, John. It's mm. not looking at the cost, mm. looking at the value. And I think this is what people who succeed, that's what they look at. It's not the cost. It's what's the value I'm going to get out of this at the end. That's okay. key. I, I, one of the biggest things, and, and I've done a lot of research in regards to education around wealth generational exchange, okay? And one of the biggest common things is the amount of time and effort that wealthy people end up putting into their next generation around education, okay? Because what usually happens is, is that the person who creates the wealth becomes very knowledgeable in regards to education. They do self-learning, they go get advisors, they teach them around education, or education, education. And so there's this correlation first and foremost between wealthy and being financially literate. Like there's not many people that I know that are self-made that aren't financially literate, yeah? It's like the percentage is very, very small. Like you don't usually just fall over um, creating, uh, you know, creating serious levels of wealth. Now, the problem is, is that education is important for sustained wealth, sustained wealth through the generations because the issue is, is that if you don't if you don't educate your next generation, you'll make it and they'll blow it. Yeah. Like even me, I've got such a focus on my boys learning about education, education around financial literacy. 
so that the wealth is sustained beyond me, okay? Now, if I can then teach my children how to manage and create wealth themselves, similar to like Warren Buffett did with their, his kids, well, then what happens is, is that the probability of that money lasting forever skyrockets, okay? Because you can pass it on. Now, what's actually happening though is that you're like creating a system within your family's ecosystem, okay, that teaches you how to create wealth and how to manage manage money. See, wealth is not creation is not taught at home. It's taught, uh, it's taught at, sorry, not taught at school. It's taught at home, okay? So if you had poor money management from your parents, it's likely that it's going to be a hard road for you. Similar to like if your parents are smokers, you can kind of go both ways. You can either get fired up to never smoke, yeah, which is some people get that fire in the belly to learn about financial literacy, yeah, or could be the opposite where you're become a chain smoker yourself and pour into poor habits. Now, financial data is telling us that most people fall into the same habits as their their parents. Now, take this back to the individual, okay, around education and why the financial plan is so important and the educational part about it is you interact with money every day, okay? similar to like how you eat and drink food, you know, drink and stuff like that. So you you interact with money every day. So imagine you could just be 1% better with creating wealth or managing money, just 1% every day. What would that compounding effect be year after year after year after year after year after? It'd be astonishing. It'd be huge, okay? And so that is why the emphasis, not on just having the plan. The plan is the guide. Yeah, the program, the coaching, okay, is the execution and the pathway to get you there, okay? And that's why plans on their own mean crap, yeah? It's around the journey and the process and the, and, and, and the, the new belief system you want to be in and the new way of doing things. And Bruce Lee says, remember, don't give your children what you didn't have. Teach your children what you didn't know. Okay, and that is the most important thing that you need to pass on to yourself first and then to the people who are listening and looking at you. Okay, Mason, I love this chat. Okay, um, because for me, everyone probably you can hear and see my passion in this, and the same with Mason as well, too. And this is all really about making sure that people have the highest probability of achieving their goals and aspirations because. Both of us, and I know all the people we work with, really get a kick out of making plans come to fruition. But the most, the only way for us to create the highest probability of those goals actually being achieved and coming to fruition is from exactly all the things that we've talked about today. And if we don't have them, how can we be certain and have the confidence of actually achieving what we want to achieve? Very, very hard to do that without those. So, Mason, any passing comments? You can hear me on fired up on this one. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a really good place to end it. Um, I think it's yeah, yeah, I don't have touched on, but it's just accountability across. Like, accountability is just so underrated. Like, if you can if you can achieve your dreams by paying someone to help you. Do it. It doesn't have to be financial. It can be anything in your work. If you own your own business, getting a business coach, all these things. It's look at the value, not the cost. That's why I want. To, that's why I want to stress value over cost. And if you're getting more value than the cost, mm-hmm. do it. Just makes yeah. sense to me. 
All right, everyone. Well, thank you very much for listening and watching today. Um, it's, it's been a, a great one and a passionate one. And remember to create the highest probability of your goals coming to fruition. It's about not only building a, building a plan, but executing on it and building a program and a framework to make that come to life. So everyone, have a great weekend. Um, and thanks for listening again. Thanks, Mason, for, for jumping on again. Cheers. Thanks, Sean. See you, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cash Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to learn more about me, jump onto my Instagram at, at thejohncasher and you'll find me there or at my website at www.johncasher.com.au. Thanks for listening. Cheers.